that takes the act of writing, which can sometimes be not so easy, and tries to make it a little so easy. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. So I... Okay, so just a little peek behind the curtain here. Uh, our topic for this week was going to be encouraging stuff. You know, we're going to try to encourage each other, try to encourage our listeners, you know, especially for the people in NaNoWriMo, just kind of, you know, let's give you some happy talk. And I was doing that. I was assembling a whole bunch of quotes and stuff. And then I started going through this book that I had gotten, but hadn't gotten to read, really into reading yet. And uh, then I stopped taking notes anywhere else and just read that book like crazy because it's fantastic. Um, so what I want to do is kind of talk about some of the things in this book. Um, and uh, yeah, see, Melissa, see if they resonate with you as much as they resonate with me. Yay, I'm excited because I need I need all the help I can get. So <laughs> holy cow. OK, so the book the book is called The Seven Secrets of the Prolific. The Definitive Guide to Overcoming Procrastination, Perfectionism, and Writer's Block. And it is by Hilary Rettig, R-E-T-T-I-G. I first started reading this, think it's going to be about, you know, oh, writer's block. and and, But it wasn't, because her basic thesis statement is that uh, writer's block is procrastination. Mm-hmm. And procrastination comes from perfectionism, which is a self-defense mechanism against fear of failure. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. Um, And one of the things she says here, and I'm going to quote it, uh, one of the most important productivity techniques you can use, so important that I will be repeating it throughout this book, is to, and she put this in, in bold, never apply labels such as lazy to yourself or anyone else. What? <laughs> oh, thank I <love> you. <laughs> I know. I go, yeah, but of course I do. Characteristics of perfectionism. See if anything um, rings a bell here, Melissa. Um, They hold unrealistic definitions of success and punish themselves harshly for perceived failures. Uh, They are grandiose. By that, you know, she means like, you know, kind of like dream big, but not, but maybe to the point of unrealistic. They prioritize product over process. They over-rely on external rewards and measures of success. They deprecate the ordinary processes of creativity and career building. And they over-identify with their work. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so Why familiar. watching me? I feel, I'm feeling called out. Yeah. I feel like, I feel seen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, it's funny because I have... I've actually never considered myself to be blocked, but I definitely procrastinate a lot. And I never thought of myself as a perfectionist, but I do beat myself up a lot. And so, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to writing and productivity, you know, like I, I do exactly what she says. I uh, start to write, I hit a little barrier, and then I procrastinate, and then I get mad at myself, which makes the act of writing become a, you know, a, bit, a big exercise in self-hatred. And uh, strangely enough, not excited about doing it. It's interesting because I don't, I feel like my process is not, um, like I don't hit a lot of writer's block, but I do have that perfectionistic streak. And I find that because I'm a brainstormer and I live in my head and I like have this perfect manifesto, like this perfect scrawl, sprawling like story in my head and vision of what I want, 
that the first draft can be really hard for me because it, you know, it's crappy. It's like a jumbled mess. Yeah. And when I start writing and I see it on paper and I'm like, oh my God, this does not look anything like what I expect or want it to look. That's when I start applying that. It's no good. I'm no good. I should be able to to get these Mm -hmm. ideas on paper better. And then I start to procrastinate Mm -hmm. because it just feels like a slog and I get depressed every time I look at the page and I'm like, this is not what it's supposed to be. I should just stop. And then that's when I hit the the procrastination because I'm already thinking this is going to be a failure. I'm a failure. I can't write this. And then I start avoiding it. Yep. And that's all the stuff she's talking about is this, this either or thinking, this rigidity of, you know, like we just, you've got to do it. You got to push through this labeling, calling yourselves names or defining what your work is or isn't. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, this is good. This isn't good. This is what it's supposed to be. What it's not supposed to be. Um, yeah. And just she's like, no, get rid of all that bullshit. That's not going to help you. Like, and, and then she also calls out all this. This which, this is the grandiosity. She, she kind of calls out this um, sort of fetishism of art as pain. And, you know, you got to You got to work so hard, you know, all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, she mentioned, okay, so uh, Red Smith's famous bone mo about how to write. You need only to sit down at a typewriter and open a vein. And Gene Fowler's similarly sanguinary advice to sit staring at a blank sheet of paper until the drops of blood form on your forehead. And she says, are nothing but macho, grandiose posturing. <laughs> uh, I agree. Totally. 100%. I love that. I love that, I love that yeah. she says that. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's selfish and and ridiculous and um yeah, and many of the most famous quotes about writing are grandiose. You know, and and it's because that's more you know, more interesting, right? But uh she says that for most writers, a strategy based on pain and deprivation is not a route to productivity. In fact, it is more likely a route to a block. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it's just that was a big eye opener for me. Because I like to, I like to, I get mad at myself, right? I'm like, come on, come on, get in there. You know, and like I said it before, like I try to apply sports metaphors to writing and that's not how it works. Um, And so this book has been really helpful. So what she says instead of all this nonsense, uh, she suggests a thing called conscientious, conscientious objectivity which is basically this sort of wisdom, this sort of little uh, guru in your your head who is, you know, aware, but gentle and kind, you know, it doesn't lie to you, doesn't say, yeah, no, this is fantastic, you know, doesn't blow sunshine up your butt, but also doesn't beat you up when you, you know, when it's not exactly right, you know. And I'm trying to pull up the book and now my Kindle's decided to blow up on me, so that's exciting. That's, I mean, I do think this idea of focusing on mindset and shifting your perspective is critical, right? Because I do think we, and I've said this before, I think we create some of our own reality, right? <laughs> and oh, the stories that do. we tell ourselves are the ones that become true. And so if we tell ourselves this has to be a painful process, if we tell ourselves we're no good, if we tell ourselves we're lazy, then we start to, like, our body starts to respond to that. And it starts to become our reality, even if it's not true, Um, And you could be the most prolific person in the world and still beat yourself up and tell yourself you're not writing enough or your your writing is not good enough or whatever. Like you can 
create that reality, but you can also break it. That's what's so freeing. You can also do the opposite and create these positive experiences with writing and help yourself enjoy the process instead of focusing on how somebody's going to respond when they see a draft or the final product. Yeah. The voice of perfectionism is always wrong and you should never listen to it. Never. Yeah. Yeah. And so we can, we can re reframe ourselves and I'm trying to find the place. Now, come on, you. <laughs> okay. This is nice. We'll listen for a little while while Mary tries to figure out how to use her, uh, her Kindle. <laughs> Cause I want to get to this part and now I can't. Mindset of compassionate objectivity. Um, which is not what I said before. What did I say before? You said, that's what you said, I think. I don't did know. I? We'll know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Those of you listening, we're paying attention. So there, one of the things that she says to do is abundant rewards and no punishments. None. No punishments ever. So have you ever, uh, I know you have a dog. You ever tried to train your dog? Oh, a billion times. Right. And so the whole point is you give them a treat when they do the thing you want, right? Mm-hmm. That's the idea, right? So they, they if they go in the direction you want, you give them a treat. Um, yes. And if they don't do it, you just ignore it. So you do the same thing to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so no matter what you, if you do any sort of writing, anything, you reward yourself. And just like, yes, good job. And it can be a physical reward. It can be you know, a concrete reward. But it's also, she wants you to sit and enjoy that feeling of writing, of, of having written and and accomplishment. And, you know, shut up the voice that says, it was only 200 words. There's nothing. Da, 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 da. We wrote, you know, and enjoy that. And, and the more you do that, that's going to, like you said, that's going to cultivate that feeling, change your brain so that you are enjoying writing again and you're because it's not your whole being at stake it's just a thing you do and it's fun yeah now how does that apply though when you like I think if I'm doing personal writing or if I'm working on my own project where I don't have a timeline or a deadline or you know some kind of external driving force then like this works I think where I often run into procrastination when I'm doing a project for someone else Uh, when I'm getting paid to do something and I have a deadline and now suddenly there's more pressure Mm -hmm. and that perfectionist like comes out because you want to deliver for your client or for whoever um, is going to ultimately have their product. And so like, I think I love the idea of like, oh, you can reward yourself for a little like progress. I often do that, but then I'll be like, oh, I wrote, you know, for 30 minutes, yay me. But it's like, you have a deadline like, and it's a week away. So that 30 minutes is great, but like you also have to keep going or we are never going to hit that deadline. And well, that also can be like, I'm trying to figure out how do you balance that with external factors that you can't control? She actually covers that exactly, that, the, that there's this idea that rewarding yourself is somehow settling or somehow letting yourself off the hook. Mm-hmm. Um, that you would reward yourself, that means you're not going to do anything else. You're done. You've, you've gotten all soft and, and lazy, right? Because you're not being tough on yourself. But she's like, no, you you are positive. You celebrate what you did. Um, you know, and if you need to write more, well, then you, you write some more, you know. But she she's, uh, advocates for timed writing sessions, um, which I find very, always for the, it was very productive for me. Um, but you know, so it's like, here's my writing session. I finished my writing session. I did what I said I was going to do and I celebrate. 
And then, you know, okay, maybe you need another one. Well, then you set up another one, but you celebrate. You can celebrate and still continue to do. It's not like you're going to celebrate and that's going to stop you in any way. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I, I was the same thing. I'm like, I can't, I can't reward myself and I'm letting myself off easy. Then I'm, I'm settling. But she's like, no, absolutely not. Because what you're doing is you're getting cultivating this idea of this feeling of, uh, of empowerment and shutting out the feeling of disempowerment and perfectionism that thinks it's helping and it absolutely is not. She's so smart. I know this is so good. I, I have to, you know, this is one of those books that I'm reading slowly and taking notes on because I love it so much. But it's, it's that, it's that, she's called it CO, Conscientious Objectivity. Compassionate. I know that's what it is. I kept saying conscientious, but it's not conscientious. It's compassionate. Compassionate oh, objectivity. Compassionate. compassionate makes much more sense than conscientious. Yes. She says CO throughout the thing. and always forget what the C stands for. Um, so, yeah, you want carbon monoxide. Wait, no, that's <laughs> not right. <laughs> yeah, so, and she's like, if it's, if you're really stuck, if you're really, really stuck, you can practice this on things other than writing when the stakes aren't so high. And then you get better at it. I mean, this is, this is, you know, she kind of comes to this from a point of people who are absolutely blocked. Like, haven't run a, written a thing. Yeah. Um, but I think it still applies to people who, yeah, I, I know I do. I I mean, I get get there and I get writing, but I, I never lock in because I'm, you know, too busy questioning myself and stuff. And this this book is helping me reframe that. And, it, you know, like, I'm going back to, like, my childhood and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, now I understand this. It's like, it's, a, it's like therapy. Yeah, it is. And it's, I think it's, What's so powerful, especially in like Western civilization and culture, like the work ethic and the perfectionism is just rooted in how so many of us are brought up and raised. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're even in school, like you're judged on like how well you do an assignment and you want that A. And so you apply all of these ingrained concepts and principles to your everyday life as an adult. And sometimes they don't make sense. And this is one of those things where you know, judging yourself on an A or trying to get perfectionism, trying to find the right process and follow all the rules, it doesn't work for art and writing and creativity and something where you have multiple drafts and it takes months or even years to finish a project. Um, So it is a challenge. It is something that constantly has to be, I think, worked on and tended to and then you know, you can't stop practicing these behaviors because like the moment you yeah. stop, that's when they, they creep back up and suddenly you're back in the same place again. Yeah, I think our whole lives we've been, we're not taught how to be artists. We're taught how to be, I don't know, soldiers almost, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's yeah, it's that, it's that you know, uh, no pain, no gain sort of thing, which, you know, I mean, yeah, if you're working out to a certain extent, that's helpful. Although you can also hurt yourself. Yeah. But it, it, and, but it's like, that's the, those are the stories that our culture teaches us are important, right? You gotta, you gotta make sacrifice and you do, but you can't, I don't know. I think more like, I like to think more of like, like myself as sort of a, a Kung Fu master rather than a Rambo, you know, or something, you know, yeah. just like, we're going to be. We're gonna be we're gonna be totally zen. We're gonna be a kung fu master. We're not gonna get all worked up, but we're gonna do our thing, and we're gonna leave. You know, uh, I'm not sure if that really holds up, but 
Well, yeah, it's like it's not brute force that that gets it's being yeah. strategic and purposeful and intentional in how we go about the process. Yeah, and you you have to be kind to yourself. You have to take care of your mind, right? Because that's your main muscle is your your mind and your heart and your soul. And if you injure them in the process of writing, you, you can't you won't be able to do it. Like like if if you had you take care of your equipment if you're a, you know in sports or something like that, right? Or like you ride a horse, you take care good care of your horse. You take good care of your equipment because if it breaks you've got nothing and as writers some of the things that we need to use are is our our psyche you know and so we have to take care of that we have to learn about it we have to have to maintain it and um and and books like this really illustrate how much writing is therapy and how much um the the things that we bring into that we bring into our lives also come show up on the page and they're really a good way of kind of coming face to face with them, which is probably why I, I really love writing because it's that's why it makes it so interesting. Never dull. <laughs> <laughs> so as usual, we end up uh, finishing our podcast by recommending our tour listeners all to go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it should just be standard. We should just assume we're going to say that in every episode. <laughs> Honestly, it's, I mean, everybody needs it. It's not a bad idea. Everyone should go to therapy. Maybe we can get a sponsorship. <laughs> yes. Sponsor anybody. <laughs> yeah. Talkspace or Better Help or those places yeah. maybe they can sponsor it. Um, yeah. So, wow. So when this comes episode comes out, it's going to come out on Friday. So if you're listening to this on Friday, tomorrow is when we're doing our live stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Melissa, you know where we're putting this. I don't remember. Where is it going to be? Uh, it'll be on our YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel. Okay, cool. Which has all of our podcasts. We do. Yeah. Yeah. So you can go to our YouTube channel, and it's going to start at, I believe, 3 o'clock Central, which is noon Pacific. One Pacific. Um, right. One Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know. One Pacific. You're over there. <laughs> one Pacific, three Central, four Eastern, two Mountain. I love um, that we did that out of order. <laughs> yeah, totally. And if you're You'll in like Europe, I have no idea. I can't help you. Um, but yeah, we're going to do a live stream and we're going to talk about writing and maybe do some sprints and some exercises. And we're just, it's going to be fun because we're all in the middle of NaNoWriMo. We're all working. And uh, you know, we want to want to try to do something a little more interactive. So come join us on our YouTube channel. How's NaNo going for you? Uh, I'm almost halfway there. Nice. Well, we'll see. No, yeah, no, I I'm not. No, too. I take that back. <laughs> oh. I can't math. I'm not halfway That's there. Okay. Maybe a quarter you there. You don't need to math. Okay. Well, whatever. I got words. Um, no punishments. Celebrate. Celebrate. Yep, no punishment. I got words. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we hope to see you all on Saturday. And um, I guess we'll just leave you with this, that uh, remember that writing is hard. So take it easy. I'm Mary. And I'm Melissa. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.